Welcome to the Joint State Government Podcast. My name is Susan Elder. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. Rather than focusing on a specific report that we've published, we're focusing on the Pennsylvania Capitol, its artwork, and the restoration work that is required to keep it one of the most beautiful capitals in the country. Today, we're joined by Dave Craig. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for joining us. Dave is the executive director of the Capital Preservation Committee. We also have Glenn Passwitz is here with us. Hello, Susan. Glenn is our executive director here at Joint State and Brian DeWalt. Hi, Susan. Brian's our sound engineer. So to start our time together, can everybody here, starting with Dave, list their favorite artwork in this building, in the Capitol? Mine is up in the Superior Supreme Court. There is a painting of Chief Justice John Marshall sitting in a chair. When I was first interviewing for my position here, uh, approximately 23 years ago or so, part of the tour, when we walked in there, my eyes gravitated towards that painting. uh, Because interesting enough, I'm about five miles away from a town called Marshall in Virginia is where I grew up. And in the town square in Warrington is actually Chief Justice John Marshall sitting into a very similar chair that's depicted in, in the room there. That's neat. You know, I, I had a hard time thinking, you know, what's going to be my favorite one? I'm going to go with Commonwealth, the statue on the top of the dome, the gold statue. I was just out uh, this morning. I was walking past where some there was a family out there taking pictures. They were taking pictures of the dome. And it's a little bit overcast today. And I was thinking, boy, it's too bad they're not here on a sunny day because with the blue sky, that statue just gleams up there. I'm going to go with Commonwealth on top of the Capitol. What about you, Brian? I used to work in Speaker Matthew J. Ryan Legislative Office Building. And I always really like the lobby there because of the Renaissance-style architecture and that just huge grand staircase coming down. And then once you go up the stairs, there's the library and it's got a Civil War mural that I really like. I started in that building, and it's that that foyer with that that granite just seems unique. It's impressive. Yeah. Okay, so I had a hard time choosing two, but I really love the painting, the divine law. It's in the Supreme Court, is it? And I just think that's so stunning and also such a clever painting, the way she wraps the picture of her sister with the, the words of law love and wisdom that are with, with it. And then also the, the other one I just love is the hours. So, okay, those are all of our favorite artworks among many that we could pick. So back to our topic, Dave, can you tell us a little bit about Capital Preservation Committee, when it was formed, why it was formed, that type of thing? The committee was formed in 1982. It is my understanding that when Matt Ryan came here, years ago, and he was a freshman. He saw some of the artwork or articles of the building being discarded. And the folklore is is that uh, he made a promise to himself that if he ever came into a position to where he could prevent such acts from happening, he would make sure that it wouldn't. So, lo and behold, at some point in time, he became the Speaker of the House, and I think he reached out to uh, Mr. Ervis, and between the two of them, they were able to create the Capital Preservation Committee. And you know, our mission is to safeguard the historic fabric 
of the Capitol building and actually now the historic complex that's essentially boarded by 3rd Street, North Street, Walnut Street, and 7th Street. Dave, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you made your way to the Capitol Preservation Committee? Sure, sure. As I mentioned earlier, I grew up in Virginia and sort of the Piedmont area there, which is fairly steeped in history. I will say that when I came out of high school, I really had zero direction on what I wanted to do. But as I grew older and I was doing electrical work and I worked around a lot of these older prominent horse farms and such, I knew that I liked architecture. I found out that there was a program at Mary Washington. It was Mary Washington College at the time, had a um, preservation department. And while historic preservation is multifaceted, it could go anything from, you know, objects conservation to archaeology and so forth. But I focused on architecture there. And when I came out, you know, I had a bachelor's degree in historic preservation and I was still working as a carpenter at that point in time, and a friend of mine from college gave me a call and said, hey, they're looking for a project manager up here in Pennsylvania, and networking, I was able to find a position. I was going to ask you to tell us a little bit more about what projects you have going on currently. Uh, We have mainly maintenance projects, essentially seven maintenance projects that we do, and we bid them. Typically, in cycles of five years, uh, whether it's Mercer Tile Project at the main Capitol building, that when things get dinged and nicked up, we treat it kind of like graffiti. The sooner that you can clean it up, right, the less likely it invites other things to happen. That way, you know, uh, I think people tend to respect things a little bit more when they're kept neat. A good investment after doing the restoration projects that we come back and we do maintenance projects as we often tell folks maintenance is the best form of preservation. Here's a question that I, I've been wondering about is how, how do you decide on projects? How do you find projects? Uh, do people come to you who work in the building or you know, do a survey and identify areas that need to be worked on? Um, it's a little bit of both in that aspect. A lot of times there are folks that bring things to us that they want to do uh, because they see the work that we do. They say, well, how can we have that happen here? But a lot of it also depends upon funds because we do want to maintain the projects that we've already completed. It is the arts and it's kind of cyclical in the way that when, you know, the economy's good, we ultimately get a better budget. Uh, sometimes when it's not so good, you know, the arts are the one of the ones that take the hit first. But we've been very fortunate here at the Capitol to be able to maintain what we have. Can you give us a little bit of understanding of your restoration philosophy or the principles that guide your projects as it's a, the Capitol is so used. It's a working office building. It's, it's a living museum, essentially, in the grand scheme of things where people have to balance that it's a working building. And we are guided basically by the Secretary of Interior Standards for restoration. While there's certain aspects of the building we can restore to its original splendor, uh, restoration, you know, we're restoring what's there, but we're also doing an adaptive continued use philosophy, knowing that the work of the people still has to occur here. And what we do is try to make things as reversible as possible. Well, since it's an office building, as you said, is there protocol that agencies need to follow before they make any changes to the spaces they're working in? Yes, they should reach out and contact our office to review their plans of what they're proposing to do and hopefully be open to 
discussions of how we can make it more sensitive in these changes to the building, obviously knowing that they still have to work and function. How have you balanced some of the, the changes in technology and those current needs with maintaining historical designs? It all, it's sort of on a case-by-case basis and what's needed. You know, what we may use as a solution in one office is not necessarily cookie-stamped and placed in another office. Especially, you know, a lot of folks would say, well, you did this at the Capitol, but you might be over into the Irvis office building or the finance building. You know, these buildings have their own identity, right, and their own styles. And we try to make things fit within the style of that building specifically, as opposed to just saying, well, that worked here, we do this here. Um, so now you have, you use, uh, I guess, contractors to do the work. I mean, your, your staff isn't out actually doing the, the restorations. Correct. Um, we bid out our projects. We advertise in the Pennsylvania Bulletin and we have a evaluation subcommittee that reviews the proposals and are essentially graded um, and scored. And then they present their findings at a full committee meeting and, and those projects are awarded at that point in time. One of the questions we had was, how do you decide when it's too expensive to refurbish or recreate an element and you might instead to, to go with something newer? How, how do you make that determination? Again, that's on a case-by-case basis, but we also have to keep an eye towards the maintenance. We know that whatever we do, we have to be able to maintain. And modern materials are acceptable when you cannot provide original material. Typically speaking, you would like to think that money was no object. We have to be responsible stewards of the taxpayer's money and, and work in that aspect to create what is visually correct, but also continue to preserve that field time and place within the budget. Earlier, we were talking about how various offices, they're still working, so they might have their own ideas about how they want their space to go. So how has prior remodeling impacted your work? Sometimes that's sort of the harder thing of undoing something that's been done from the past in a less sensitive manner. Don't get me wrong, I think a lot of things are done with good intentions. You know, obviously, People want to be as productive as they can be in their offices and thinking that. But we also have to understand that this building belongs to generations to come. You guys are currently doing some work in the governor's office suite. Could you tell us a little bit about that project? Um, When did it start? How did you get in there? And maybe describe a little bit of what you're doing. We're very fortunate that uh, one of the positive things to come out of COVID is that we were able to realize that, you know, some folks are able to work remotely and that enabled us to be able to get into the governor's suite to actually do the restoration work that we've been hoping to do for quite a number of years. Obviously, it disrupts folks and they have to be relocated. And that was a very difficult task until COVID hit. So what we're really doing is uh, there's a lot of wood wainscot in these offices. It's quarter saw and white oak for the most part. There is another office that has Honduran mahogany in it. But these woods have had, you know, years of deferred maintenance or misguided attempts to try to maintain the, the woodwork. So we are removing the over finishes down to, you know, essentially bare wood, but any stains and dyes that were originally put in it is still maintained within there. 
And then we're feeding the wood with a mixture of turpentine and linseed oil to try to restore uh, the elasticity of the wood that's there. Because right now it's rather dry and brittle uh, and, and subject to cracking, breaking off. Uh, many of the panels that are done in the white oak have uh, carvings in them, very beautiful carving that need some attention. Also, at this point in time, the Department of General Services is doing work to provide modernized air conditioning and better climate-controlled situation in there, which will be good for the artwork that's in there as well. So do you frequently collaborate with Department of General Services? Yes, we, we do. We have a work with the Department of General Services. Whenever they do projects, they uh, work with us to review and comment on their projects. And whenever we do projects, our plans are shared with them. We actually have the uh, secretary of the Department of General Services is always a member of the Capital Preservation Committee. The one thing we have to ask, if you work in the Capitol, it's the clocks, because there are a lot of them. So can you tell us about the clocks? And they fall under your purview, right? Correct. We actually have a maintenance project for the clocks. Uh, presently, there are 253 clocks that are in service. And many of them are eight-day clocks. So once a week, a winder goes around to wind the clocks. We also have a cleaning and maintenance, cyclical maintenance that we do. So every, I believe it's every four years, we touch these clocks in one fashion or another. If the first year they receive an oiling, which consists of, and the oilings are done there in the office so that all of the moving parts get oiled so that they're maintained. Four years later, it will get a cleaning. And that is when the works are removed from the clock and they're taken back to the studio and all the parts are disassembled. They get cleaned, dried, reassembled and oiled. The clock is then timed out and then returned to uh, working order within the, the office. We also wind the clocks as well. The tough thing is, is sometimes, you know, uh, during certain seasons when the legislature is more busy than others, such as budget timeframes, people in meetings, it makes it more difficult to come around and wind clocks. And sometimes the clocks are not wound. We get a call saying, hey, my clock's not running. Uh, that's unfortunate because our winder comes. They are not somebody that's on staff. They are hired. And we have a time frame from which they work. And if they get missed, it's unfortunate. But then we have to wait another week to come back. So we learned that your office has a building historian, and it's neat to be part of a work environment that has a historian. What does that person do? Jason, he wears many hats. We're a small office of six total. So Jason does anything from being our curator of the Pennsylvania Civil War battle flags that we house, and they can be seen by appointment. He has also worked with ERA out of our storage facility at 10 Technology Park, but he also does specialized tours for architects, engineers, preservationists, does research for our projects in advance of us getting there, whether it's going over to the archives to pull blueprints, images, multifaceted in what he does. He writes our annual report. It's hard to say what specifically Jason does, except for he does a lot. He does a lot. That's awesome. So you guys have a store. It's the Capital Preservation Store, and it's both in-person and it's an online store. 
Can you tell us a little bit about when that got started and what all you sell there? All right. I do not recall exactly when it got started. I think that there was some seed money from our uh, restoration fund that was that started it. Uh, at this point, it's fully self-sufficient and, and funding itself uh, through the sales of objects. Every so often, the profits that come from there gets transferred into our projects budget uh, so that, that it helps fund our preservation of the capital complex. We sell many capital-oriented objects, whether there's our Christmas tree, ornament collections, decorative plates. Uh, we have a vendor, Wendell August, who is one of our better sellers that are there, decorative plates, collection, and, and sort. We also have paperweights. We have a wonderful person in Haley Moyer, who is presently taking care of our sales items. She also works on creating our ornaments for the upcoming years and for Christmas. She works with the photographers that create our calendars that we sell. You have also some really beautiful poster and artwork um, that's, that's based on the artwork that's in the Capitol itself. Very high quality photographs that look like their actual paintings. But I just want to be clear, this is not the same as the gift shop. Your store is separate. Just so people wouldn't be confused that they're going to the Capital Reservation store, it's a whole separate place. It's all the way up on the fifth floor. Correct, correct. You come up onto the green floor anytime. It's time to wrap up today's episode. For anybody who wants to learn more about Capital Preservation or go online to their store and order a Christmas ornament, the link to their website is in our show notes. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dave, here. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And thanks all for listening. Have a nice day.